Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a 45-minute banger. Um, <laughs> <Get it out. laughs> uh, so, all right, I'm recording. You recording, Virg? I am recording. All right, uh, let's do it. Hangovers on three. One, two, three. Hangovers. Um, Virg, are you familiar with the term geeking? To the Hegelian Friendship Simulator, the only podcast on the internet where we try to make sense of the world one Wikipedia article at a time. Glad to have you all here. Uh, as always, I am joined by my voluptuous, voluptuous co-host, John Miklas. Oh, well, thank you. And I am joined by my um, agreeable affectionate <laughs> co-host alex virgil i'm on a i'm on an a, just a list of adjectives a to z so uh that's so funny i'm just gonna I start from the top yeah uh yeah alex virgil agreeable and um affectionate <laughs> is great because they're not like compliments necessarily they're no just they like, are not <laughs> who i am i'm affectionate <laughs> and agreeable <laughs> whether you like it or not yeah whether you like it or not is uh and virgil okay, uh, but we have another introduction correct Here's the thing. This is the big introduction. We had a soft intro last time that some people might call a sloppy intro. But true, uh, true. today, and hopefully moving forward, John and I are both joined by our wonderful producer, third voice, uh, energy balancer outer, but most importantly, producer, Emmy Sack. Hi, Emmy. Hello. Um, but yeah, hi. Thank you guys for bringing me on. Um, Thank you, Emmy. Fuck yeah, nailed it. Every time. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Fuck yeah, all right. Um, Coming later with a recording. <laughs> I dig it. I love it. Um, that, it's wonderful. She is, she is an old friend of mine, one of my first friends. We were in the same kindergarten class together grew up effectively my closest friend neighbor situation for most of our childhood and then 25 years later she works for the NSA working, t- work, working for the NSA she's a fucking narc I love it so I mean trying to see if we could bring her back somebody's got to be a stool pigeon in this group or else uh, we would be <laughs> there would be no reason for us to be making the bombs that we're making you know would, <laughs> like if there wasn't someone to at least inform the FBI like what, what are we doing yeah. it for it's fun to be able to say all that knowing we have that out. <laughs> exactly. To say all the things we've been really meaning to say. Yeah, it's all yeah, I mean it's also fun to joke about making bombs when we know that, that we have 35 listeners, so it should be probably okay. Maybe That's edit that joke. out though, probably. We'll see. Um, we'll see how I'm feeling. We'll see. Uh Verge, I think we got some time to do old business. Still, do you have any old business? What uh, what do we talk about psychedelic drugs? Yeah, did you take any drugs this week? Um Microdosing shrooms, I guess, is a very yeah. Oh, yeah. That's clo- I'm. How is that going? Do you want to okay, talk about so, how that's going? Yeah, microdosing shrooms is a very difficult thing to talk about for people, or t- to like kind of describe to people who have like no interest in it, because I think the the part the microdosing part that might make it a little bit more approachable has kind of been co opted by the like 
Silicon Valley, like, douche code. Right. Bro, like, uh, uh, image. So, but microdosing shrooms is very good. It's not just, like, a little upper for a second. It's just, um, for certain people, neurodivergent people especially, Mm -hmm. it's just a, a nice little rhythm. Helps you focus. Doesn't, like, fuck you up. Um, and you do, like... If you were to say, like, a, a normal, like, a, a shroom trip is, like, three to five grams, five grams being, like, a hero dose, um, what you're doing is point two grams. Interesting. Point two. So this is, like, minimal. And really, you'll, you would only really be able to tell, I think, if you're familiar already with how shrooms kind of feel. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very background, but it's nice kind of opens you up and then some weeks I'll just kind of forget because I don't feel like I need it or want yeah. it or whatever and it's just nice Do you... and I'd say my big like self-actualization yeah. self-realization moment came about two weeks into doing it for the first time interesting that was this yeah. past summer this past summer when I was listening to Taylor Swift at 8.30am and then I just went oh that's what it's oh, all about I get it thank you Taylor do you think I and I mean I I think Taylor Swift is truly like a, an incredible artist and I know you do too. Do you do some of the stuff that you've like made the connection on with her music? Do you yeah. think that she did that subconsciously, or do you think that it was a deliberate like artistic? So I think decision? that's like that's a great question because I think that that is a thing with like art and artists is they they do intuitively subconsciously touch on this stuff before they know what they're doing. Yeah. So like. You know, um, George Lucas being such a good, shitty example, um, where he was, like, trying to write Star Wars, and he was, like, couldn't kind of crack it, and then he read Hero with a Thousand Faces, talks about all this, and he was like, oh, I understand now what I was intuitively getting at without knowing how to organize it. Interesting. You know, which, like, ultimately comes back to, like, whatever that essence of living is, you know? Yeah. Um... And I th- so the reason I like folklore so, so much is it's the first time it seems like she knows what she's like conscious about it or like she knows what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And before it was good art, but it was like the good good art of someone trying to like search is searching for something. Yeah. And this folklore is the first album that seems like oh, it's like she's like she's kind of like chilling for a sec now because she knows. And it's a lot of like songs about atoning for little things in the past. I still are not a single person has seen this that I've talked to, but I still argue that the first song on the album is her kind of like atoning for um, winning a Grammy over Kendrick Kendrick's to pimp a butterfly Mm -hmm. and like her feelings on that. And like the, the main hook lyric is like, um, would things have been different? Would everything be different? Yeah, something like that. And I, I basically, I think she's wondering if a lot of the cultural conversation about race and stuff would have moved in a different direction had Kendrick won to Pimp a Butterfly, you know, like. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. There's a lot going on. Yeah. On that album. We could do a whole album on Taylor Swift's work. Maybe we will. Maybe that'll be a bonus I, episode. I'm just, waiting for you to, I'm just waiting for you to be down for that moment. I would love to do a dual dual conversation episode where we do mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's both her albums from last year 
and um, both of the Mountain Goats albums from last year. Yeah. That's just I like... that would be... I don't think we would get a single person to listen, but I can't think of a more, uh, like aligned conversation of Miklas and Virgil talk about art (laughs) than that that discussion. The thing for me that's fun is that like the Taylor Swift realization has the thread of that artistic conversation is like Bon Iver, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. You know, back to, and through Kendrick, it's back to Tupac. So like you can connect the artistic conversation between Taylor Swift and like Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Um, so, absolutely. Uh, I haven't taken business. yeah, I haven't taken any drugs this week. I mean, besides the ones I take most days, which are alcohol, caffeine, and sometimes weed. Uh, so you know, normal yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. Same old shit. We we are both hungover. I think I think that'll probably have already been addressed in our um, in our intro. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. this is a fun. We're getting weird today, and weird in a very <laughs> low-key kind of way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. pop this one on for some some kind of some some relaxing vibes. That's what we're going Twilight for. hours, Twilight yeah. hours. This is this is uh, lo-fi beats to relax, study to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the, I don't remember where I heard this, but this is we're in that. Uh, oh, it's uh, it was that um, the mag- magic. There was a, a magic show, which is such an oversimplification, but a magic show that was like huge on Broadway, one man show, and he all this guy talks about like in the twilight hour you don't know if you're looking at a dog or a wolf. <laughs> that's the, that's kind of the line where yeah like, yeah can't really make out what we're talking about, but it's some silhouette of there's something good in there. I mean it'll he'll either have a majestic death or some nice face rubs you know some snugs yeah <laughs> so yeah uh virg i think you might have some information for me today i think maybe you know, you know what time it is it what is what time, time is it it's time for your information woof, woof, woof. Moo. beautiful wonderful thank you um today we need a soundboard fur- by the way just put it out there Emmy, get on that. <laughs> yeah, Emmy, write it down. Emmy, okay, good. Pull out an old E-Bombs World Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard. That'll be good. Um, today's fur your information is interesting because there is no fur involved. Ooh. Today we're looking at the coelacanth. What? What Are is you that? Familiar with the coelacanth? No. Coelacanth, spelled C-O-E-L-A. C-A-N-T-H. Um, coelacanths okay. constitute a now rare order of fish that includes two extant species. Uh, the West Indian Ocean coelacanth, primarily found near the Comoro Islands, Comoros, mm-hmm. uh, off of Africa, and the Indonesian coelacanth. You can probably guess where they live. They follow the oldest known living lineage of guy lobe-finned fish and tetrapods. Whoa. Which means that they are actually more closely related to lungfish and tetrapods, which includes amphibians, reptiles, birds, and mammals, than they are to ray-finned fish, a.k.a. like fish. Wow. So there's such an old lineage of fish that they're actually probably the ancestors of the animals that uh, made landfall than they are to like current fish. 
um, they're the existence that I'm trying to we're trying to go back to because we've moved too far away from our. Oh yeah, I mean the coelacanth lives probably lives an incredibly enlightened lifestyle. Yeah, right. Like it's just yeah. it's just like on I've, a higher plane. I've always been a fan of coelacanth since I first like read about it in some like kids book because they're like living fossils. Mm-hmm. But the thing that made me remember it was a meme um, of a f- of a fish kind of like you know you know those like fish that are like moving on to sand. Yeah, and it says. I'm coming out of the lake and I've been doing just fine. Gotta, gotta get out because I want to walk. And then there's a picture of a woman in an office just having the worst time of her life. And it just says, started out as a fish. How did it end up like this? I was only a fish. I was only a fish. And I was like, yo, that meme just like got to the essence of like the human existential struggle. Yeah. So we're talking about coelacanths. So it's considered a living fossil because scientists thought it was a solar... Basically, they were like... People just thought they were fossils for the longest time until about, like, discovery. Uh, In the 19th... The earliest earliest fossils were discovered in the 19th century. And then, like, uh, 1952, they just, like discovered they just found one that they were they were just like alive they're still alive this is terrible of me that my first has anybody ever eaten one what's it taste like (laughs) i have no idea um it's one of those things where like maybe someone has but if they did that's some like dark web i kind of want to search coelacanth recipes (laughs) damn it no the first the first uh is the first result is know any good recipes for endangered prehistoric fish (laughs) uh fair enough fair enough Um, what is the most endangered species you would eat like if i would eat yeah if the chance like would it have to be like not threatened in the wikipedia for you to consider it i i I think that's it would it would do you know what's really fucked up is it would have to be like the hype of the dish Fair enough. Good point. Honestly, and if it's like, if it's like in the, it's not like rhino horn that's getting shipped to China. You know what I mean? If it was like, if it was like culturally endemic and sustained, this, this is tough. We should move away from this conversation, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, All right. Fair enough. You know what would be fucked? Like there's like, there's like 50 Hawaiian crows left (laughs) in the world and like, and like 43 of them are like not even in the wild. Right. They're just like, yeah, you know, just eat one and knock out five percent of the species like <laughs> at once oof big that's a yeah. big oof that's yeah i can't i can't um talk about that i have to no comment no comment um but like there isn't even anything like too crazy about it that like the layman would find interesting other than the fact that they're just like a deep sea species that were literally just like considered to be like old ancestors of whatever fish and tetrapods and then they just found one in the ocean one day i love that i think that's awesome i mean yeah there's a similar um i had similar kind of thought processes when i started reading about like uh i think it's greenland sharks yeah. You familiar with these? They fucking go, they're old. The old fuck. they're like the oldest living um animal, I think. Like yeah. Uh, and yeah, they they have they believe some of the sharks living in the Arct- the Arctic? No. Yeah. yeah, the Arctic Ocean 
are like 600 years old, which is wild. And and it's similar to the coelacanth where it's like, man, what what is time like for... So what is time like for a species that has existed mm-hmm. so long that it is like the, the predecessor to all everything that yeah. exists on Earth, basically? And what is it like to be a 600-year-old fish in the Arctic Ocean? Like, how do you process time? Kill me! <laughs> yeah. Kill me! Um, yeah, no, that shit's wild because it's like, you know, a Greenland shark, like, meets like a chicken. And it's just like, yo, what the fuck happened to you, dude? <laughs> yeah. used to be somebody! Yeah. <laughs> but come a little closer. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I'm going to eat you. How the tables have turned. I mean, somewhere out there, there is a, like, 100 million year old being in existence in the universe. Like, that exists, I'm sure. Especially, like, in some other ecosystem that doesn't have the same, like, ecological stressors. Like, something exists. I mean, that's God, right? Like, somewhere out there, theoretically, like, Mm -hmm. what we interpret to be God, like an all-knowing being, probably exists in the universe. I mean, it's infinite. Of course it exists. Probably doesn't affect us anymore, or it never did. No. But like our conception of God, yeah, is probably somewhere out there. And Just we're less than chilling. flies to them. We're less than oh, flies it, to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we are, we we don't we they can't even they've forgotten that we exist. Somewhere out there is a an all sentient group of beings that created us that doesn't even remember that they made us. Like yeah. all of the like all of the save files in your city city skyline. Yeah, exactly that. Just like fucking a world that they half built and just forgot about. And it's just, mm-hmm. and now we're just here contemplating why we're here. And the reality is that we're here because someone was playing yeah. one day, you know? Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, I made you guys up. I was going through some weird shit and yeah. I made you guys, but it's not who I am. Yeah. And just all of the joy and suffering that exists in this place is just for like someone. It, it just, not even is it for someone else's enjoyment. It, no. It, it was at one point and now we're just like mm-hmm. all scuttling around trying to <laughs> fucking keep our stupid jobs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Keep keep the numbers at keep the numbers higher than they were. Yeah, the the meme. It's the meme. I was just a fish. Yeah. I, I was, was only, only a fish. A fish. <laughs> yeah. All right, Verge, you ready for my? I think I'm up, yes, right? I'm ready. All right, Verge, you ready? Do you know Hit what me? We are going to talk about today the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> yes, yes, amazing. Um, all right. I am kind of coming. I think I don't know how much. How much do you know about the Eurovision Song Contest? There are definitely songs that I have been listening to because I found them through the Eurovision contest. I don't watch the program. Yeah, I, I came at it from almost as if I was an alien new to Earth. Uh, that's, that's how it feels. That's yeah. how it feels. That's it's how like a little. This, this doesn't. Is, it, it's so weird. Translate in the U.S. Like exactly. No, and I had I before I like found myself on the page had almost no knowledge. So mm-hmm. I apologize to any of our listeners who like either grew up with this as like deeply <laughs> yeah, ingrained it's like a norm. in our culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. or or know even a little bit about it because we're talking about this from like ground zero. I know nothing about the Eurovision <laughs> Song Contest. Um, it is the world's longest running TV program. Are you, did you know this? I did not know that. The Eurovision Song Contest has been going on since the 50s. 
um, and is the or it's it's one of the world's longest running programs, and it is the longest running um, annual international televised music competition. Which I guess okay, I mean for sure, yeah, <laughs> that makes no, sense. No, but that's that's like broader than you know, that could yeah, be broader than yeah. Um, Basically, in the 50s, after um, a little thing called World War II, they were, yeah, trying, to f- they were trying to figure out um, something that could like bring countries together to compete, mm-hmm. but in a non-violent uh, right. way. Uh, and so they, they settled on this. And so it, it does just strike me that this is like you kind of lump western culture in as one cohesive thing but the united states and europe have a subtle but at the same time pretty important cultural divide between the two yeah like things happen those are both two giant cultural spheres that like innocuous cultural stuff happens that doesn't reach over to the other one whatsoever Mm -hmm. right and so Mm -hmm. The Eurovision Song Contest, like I think you already mentioned it, is the most European thing of all time. Yeah. It is so yeah. fucking European and it is so not American, which I think I is never the thing feel that more American than yeah. when I'm watching it. And I'm like Well and and that is the thing. It's like kitschy. Um so I guess mm-hmm. sorry, for, for people who don't know, um the Eurovision Song Contest it's an international song competition organized annually by the European Broadcasting Union. Uh, it features participants primarily in European countries. Each participating country submits an original song to be performed on live television and radio, transmitted to national broadcasters, uh, with competing countries then casting votes for the other country's songs to determine a winner. Um, so I think that's kind of the unique competition aspect, that it's like everybody submits, but you can't vote for yourself. So it's not like a... Um, it's not like a ooh, how many people can you mobilize to vote for right. stuff. It's like no, this is countries kind of um, being broadly diplomatic to each other. Yeah, like recognizing the yeah entries of other countries. Um, and fifty-two countries have participated, um, which is, and way way more than just Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. So like. Pretty much all of the countries in North Africa have participated. Israel mm-hmm. participates every year. Um, the Caucasus countries. Uh, mm-hmm. This will come up later, but like the countries of the Caucasus Mount Caucasus Mountains, um, very yeah. much participate. I've liked I've liked Israel's entries the last few years. Yeah, pretty good shit. Um, and actually, Australia just started uh, participating, which oh, is fun. super goofy to me. Like, why? Yeah, it's fun. But <laughs> yeah, why like... is part- Australia participating? So the way that it works too is that the country that won the year before, the year previously, gets to host mm-hmm. the next year. So it's kind of a big oh, like it's kind of a big like um, almost Olympic style like ooh this is you know the programming also involves like this is Baku Azerbaijan like mm-hmm. look at what we do in Baku kind of thing yeah. which is kind of fun. Um, it I like is, that. and and it does have a reputation now. I mean, I think when people watch it in the modern day, and when Americans mm-hmm. watch it, you're like, "This is kitschy. Like this is all yeah. camp." Um, but that's the reputation it has now too. Right. Um, it's also been. Uh, let me see if I can. Find... 
It feels like it, they hit their peak at, during disco times. Yes, and absolutely. And they, they just stayed stuck in with disco it. times. And yeah. with that in mind, this is an important part of it. Um, Eurovision has had a long-held fan base in the LGBT community. Uh, and content mm, organizers mm-hmm. have actively worked to include these fans in the event since the 1990s. So it's been like... Uh, it's been one of the biggest places for trans and and mm-hmm. LGBT, like more broadly the the gay communities, like kind of participation in culture, uh, which yeah. is very cool and makes a lot of sense if you watch a single video of anything that happens. Um, yeah, I found myself down. I we don't we're not just going to talk about Eurovision. Um, I found myself down a couple of different paths in the broader. This is a pretty fun topic to get lost in the wiki hole of because I would right. estimate there are probably 2,500 articles somehow mm-hmm. relating to Eurovision. Whether it's songs that were famous or performers, there's a, there's a, a every single year has its own, uh, you mm-hmm. know, entry. Uh, so tons and tons of information. Uh, I found myself on YouTube and I watched the worst Eurovision songs of every year for the last 20 years. Oh, hilarious. And I would like to share one, if that's okay with you, with you guys. I would love to. Uh, I'm going to be so pissed if it's one of the ones that I like. <laughs> All right. Have you... <laughs> Although I... I will say when it comes to Eurovision, it's like the worst and the best are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Do you know this one? No, I don't know this one. The Can... Great. Wow. Incredible. Um, all right. Safe so to say Switzerland didn't win that year. They, this is one of the statistically worst placing songs in the history of Eurovision. It didn't get a single vote. So by definition, it is like the, the lowest, but that has almost never happened. Uh, so mm. hell yeah. Good, good stuff. Piero. Um, yeah. Piero and the music stars and the banks. Oh, and the music stars and this and the banks. Um, Okay, so so a couple things with that it, I've been thinking about with bad Eurovision acts. There, I'm sh- think about like trying to connect um, art, music as art mm-hmm. with diplomacy and bureaucracy. I think leads to this inevitable like really weird situation. <laughs> They can yeah. they can truly produce true art. I mean, you watch any mm-hmm. of like the best films that ever came out of like um, Soviet Russia or even Nazi Germany that like like propaganda movies made by right. like, a true artist. And you're like, this is incredible. This is one of mm-hmm. the best things I've ever seen. But it's still propaganda and it's still like right. financed by the state, made through mm-hmm. bureaucracy. All, like, but music is really interesting because think about the conversation in some like fucking you know, government office in Switzerland where they're like, oh, sir, we've got to, you know, we've got to have the Eurovision contestant. Who are we? And should we have a competition in this in the country? No, give it to Piero and the music stars. That's fine. Yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Something upbeat, something that makes us seem like this is a, a happy place. Ooh, name is Celebrate? I like it. You know, like that is the decision. It's a bunch of like cigarettes, cigarette smoking suits in a dark room. Clap what? your hands. We must clap your hands. <laughs> this song is called Complicit. Interesting. <laughs> no, celebrate. Go with celebrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrate. 
Everyone clap your hands. Yes, everyone. Everyone? Yes, everyone. Everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite, one of my favorite acts um, is Jedward. Okay. You familiar with Jedward? I am not. They're like, they're from Ireland. Okay. Um, Ireland is take, the most winning country, by the way. Take kneecap and swing hard the other way. Opposite uh, vibes. Like, like all good, like all like uh, positive it's vibes like, or, or like union, uh, uh, unionist. They I don't even know if I can describe. Are they just like, not, no, non-political? They don't, they're non-political. They're like publicly too um, base to be political. Uh, Jedward. Jedward. Oh my God. They're twins. They're twins. And one is named John and one is named Edward. Um, so they're Jedward together. Are they John and Edward? Oh, so the super wholesome vibes, huh? Like super duper super wholesome. Super like meant for like preteen girls, like, and not in like a creepy way because they literally are like not sexual creatures. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like they have, they probably just have like Ken doll, Ken doll nothingness down there. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a this is an interesting part of Eurovision, and I think kind of an interesting reason why it's so. Um, it is such a big deal in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Um, making art f- for a cultural emphasis or in a way that emphasizes like positive mm-hmm. is oftentimes not the way to make good art. You know, like some right. most of my favorite art is like a criticism of what it's right. like to be alive in many ways, mm-hmm. you know? And so for Eurovision to be built entirely around like spreading goodwill between countries and stuff like it has a very specific vibe um and so I have another another thing I want to talk about if you are feel good to move on all right um yeah with this in mind there are two in particular articles that I found specifically about countries diplomatic relations as they mm. surround eurovision uh mm. so today i want to talk about <laughs> armenia azerbaijan relations as it surrounds eurovision and russia ukraine oh, relations as it surrounds eurovision wow you really um, stuff. yeah bring the vibe down we're bringing the vibe down um so armenia has participated since 06 azerbaijan since 08 uh, okay. The continuing conflict between the two countries over the region of Nagorno-Karabakh, uh, which is mm-hmm. considered a de jure part of Azerbaijan by the UN, yeah. but it's been yeah. under control by the uh, like a breakaway republic since 1993. Uh, yes. Uh, no, that's actually a different no. region. That's a different region. Isn't oh. it? No, no, no. You're right. You're totally right. Sorry. Artsakh. Republic of Artsakh. Um, but sometimes also known as the Nagorno-Karabakh Republic. Um, it depends who you ask, huh? Yeah. Also, by the way, Artsakh has a dope flag. Um, it's the Armenian flag, and then it's like a mm-hmm. like a kind of an angled. Um, it's like the, it's like almost like like yeah, this. Yeah, like lined piece that kind of shows that it's separated from the motherland. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, essentially, for those unfamiliar with this conflict, this is a region that exists fully within the state of Azerbaijan. But mm-hmm. the region is also like almost entirely ethnically Armenian, um, mm-hmm. and these two countries have argued and warred over this piece of land 
essentially our entire lifetime. It's like the last 30 years since the end of the Soviet Union. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other, I mean, this literally, there was a war last year, um, which might have actually, I I wish I was a little bit more familiar. I think that much of the ethnically Armenian people that still live in that region were physically forced to leave. Yeah. I think war is a war is like not the most accurate word you know often yeah often uh, on the edge of yeah ethnic cleansing uh i I don't think i would describe this particular situation as genocide um but more like the the act of ethnically cleansing this region yeah very similar very similar to like what happened in the balkans in the 90s Mm -hmm. uh similar similar stuff so these countries do not get along it's two different ethnic groups that have lived there a long time have kind of onset always been in competition with each other um Mm -hmm. and eurovision has been no uh exception um so the first time uh the first year armenia was in it in 06 they showed like this is armenia and one of the images of armenia was a image of a monument in artsakh uh that is like about it's called we are we are the mountains and these two it's a really cool statue of these like kind of two very modernist interpretations of old people in uh in Artsakh and they the Azerbaijani media was critical of the idea of this country going on European broadcasting showing an image of their country and saying look this is Armenia Armenia yeah yeah, yeah. so they were not happy uh, and then it came up again. Um, they escalated in 09. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was 09. 06 was when the um, the performer for Armenia, the first time they were ever in it, was mm-hmm. born in the Azerbaijani SSR, oh, which is like the wow. Soviet Republic. In the, like yeah. He was born in the 70s or 80s or whatever. Um, and they, they listed it as born in Armenia. Um so that, again, yeah. not not happy with that. Oh nine was the We Are the Mountains. That was mm-hmm. ended up being a big deal. Um, yeah. And following yeah. this contest, allegations emerged that Azerbaijan's state broadcaster had tampered with its feed to censor the Armenian entry. The wow. Azerbaijani government was interrogating citizens who voted for Armenia, accusing them of being unpatriotic and a threat to security. And following an inquiry, Azerbaijan was fined by the uh, Broadcasting Union for breaching the privacy of voters. Um, so then this again happened in 2010. Azerbaijan just didn't show the Junior Eurovision Song Contest because Armenia won. Um, wow. And then most recently, um, in 2015, allegations that emerged that the Armenian entry titled Don't Mm -hmm. Deny was a call for recognition of the Armenian genocide, whose 100th Mm -hmm. anniversary was commemorated prior to the 2015 contest. Mm -hmm. Azerbaijan denies the genocide. Officials from the country uh, issued a statement threatening Armenia for attempting to use Eurovision as an outlet for its political ambitions. Song was (sighs) subsequently renamed Face the Shadow to address concerns over its political themes following year, Armenian representative um, was reprimanded by organizers for displaying the flag of Nagorno-Karabakh Republic during this first semifinal. Um, so it's like, like 
I'm actually kind of surprised since these are not technically European countries that the European Broadcasting Union is just like, nope, YouTube can't be in it. I mean, these are two... Obviously, the tension between the two is very real. Um, Mm -hmm. But in many ways, it's like... Armenia and Azerbaijan keep airing out like their personal conflicts yeah, in front on of your, the, on, on Eurovision. Eurovision. You know, it's very. I don't know. It, it's it. Yeah, for something that is clearly so serious, it feels mm. so unserious. And I think that right. is something that hits me about like diplomatic. Like we, I think we we constantly use this term that I feel like we've kind of coined, but like we talk about stuff as if it's like this is twentieth century geopolitics at play here like we're living in the 21st Mm. century and this is this is fucking stupid shit that we did 100 years ago like this is not how we act anymore look at estonia you can become an (laughs) e-citizen there you know like this is not this is the the idea of of like state politics um Mm. feels very antiquated and silly when it is kind of portrayed in the silliest of places yeah, like Eurovision is the anti that. Yeah, like Jedward is literally literally in like glittery clothes. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, clap your hands, everyone, clap your hands. I also do want to say though that don't deny and face the shadow are both clearly about the Armenian genocide, right? Yeah, I mean, 100%. come on, <laughs> face, face the face the shadow really didn't do a lot to change the interpretation of that song, <laughs> in my opinion. True. So, um, and then Russia, Ukraine, I have less about this, um, but... That one I think I, I can feel is Pretty clear. Easier. I mean, yeah. so the, the annexation of Crimea was in 14, um, mm-hmm. and then in 2016, Ukraine's entry was 1944, a song by Jamala uh, that was inspired by her great-grandmother's mm-hmm. experiences uh, during the deportation of the Crimean Tartars um, by the Soviet Union. The song was criticized by Russian officials... He argued that it violated Eurovision's rules against political content due to its illusions of the Crimean crisis. 1944 would ultimately win the contest. Fuck you, Russia. Um, Fuck yeah. While there were calls for Russia to boycott the Ukraine-hosted 2017 contest over the conflicts, Russia did unveil an entrant. Um, However, after she was unveiled, it was reported uh, she had been banned. uh, Oh, Wow. The Ukraine banned her from entering for three years for violating Ukrainians direct travel to Crimea from Russia. Uh, and then it, it looks like it it did get rectified, but then she withdrew. So then yeah, Russia wow. didn't have a contestant at Ukraine at Ukraine's because they fucking they knew every it's the thing where it's like Russia, like everyone knows your shit. Well, Russia would win if they would just do they would just submit tattoo every year, you know? Oh my God. I, ah, oh, those are the days. What was the one song where they just made out the entire video? Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. Oh. That is right. Is it? Oh, yeah. Love that song. And then the other one is, they're not gonna get us. They're not gonna get us. All of their songs were about being gay, right? All of them. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like the pre pussy riot. Like, yeah, they, Tattoo walked so Pussy Riot could run, you know? Was it in Adam Curtis's documentary, the the Pussy Riot playing in the um, Russian, uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church? Did you see that? Oh, maybe, yeah. I, that clip was, it rocked. Very cool. Um, well, yeah, that's all I really got about Eurovision. 
That's uh, great. Pretty fun stuff. Your vision is fun. It's super fun. I, I think, think we should watch this here. We should like live stream it or something. I'm down. Um, I'm down because Iceland's Iceland's entry, uh, Daddy Fryer and Gagna Magnid, <laughs> love them. I, I love this that I brought this up and you're low key. You were like, oh yeah, I've heard a couple. And you're like just a big Eurovision guy. <laughs> like not even Yo, you Iceland's just like follow it all. <laughs> oh, my wow, favorite I've... though is Genghis Khan from like from disco real disco times. Oh Genghis yeah, Genghis Khan, Moscow. That was Eurovision shit. Hell yeah. I virtue what you got for me. Yeah, it's not nearly as fun, but it, you know what's interesting is because you brought up Armenia, then maybe there's a thread. Okay. It's not about Armenia. Okay. But we are kind of pivoting hard I love to it. the free state of Jefferson. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I brought interesting. it up before and I figured we should kind of just get into what it what it's all about. Yeah, hell yeah. Um so we, I mentioned it for like a sec last episode or a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, but the state of Jefferson is a proposed U.S. state that would span the contiguous, mostly rural area of southern Oregon and northern California, where several attempts to separate from Oregon and California, respectively, have taken place. Um, so it's just like a bunch of, it's just a bunch of like, probably like pretty grill-pilled, you know... It's a very conservative place. Um, yeah. That, like, so left, you're right kind of. Uh, yeah. But uh, the region in the Pacific Coast is the most famous of several that have sought to adopt the name of Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, who had sent Lewis and Clark into the Pacific Northwest in 1803, envisioned the establishment of an independent nation in the western portion of North America, where he dubbed the Republic of the Pacific, Hence, the association of his name with regional autonomy, the independence movement rather than statehood, is known as Cascadia. Hell yeah. My my utopia. Hail Cascadia. Hail Cascadia. Unless it's like... See, but the thing is, my Cascadia is like the Olympic National Forest Peninsula area and yeah. not Southern Oregon, Northern California because... Southern Oregon is... Um, I mean, there are elements of it that are very pretty, but it is also... Mm-hmm very ugly and i am um, people i don't really like being around, i have a honest. hard time in southern oregon and northern california to yeah. be honest yeah um all right well here i will present a question mm-hmm. why not let them have it like let these people have it why what is it what, is it? what, what matters right yeah because they don't want to they like they want to get out of california as much as oregon like they don't want to be part of either of those state mm. mentalities which i can get i can get with um, I think it's, uh, I think it's fun because there's definitely people who like live as though they live in the free state of Jefferson, but what's funny is like local city councils and stuff generally don't, you know, obviously like don't propose or take the proposals seriously. Right. Um, so this is where it's like so indicative of the area. If the proposal were ever approved, the new state's capital city would have to be determined by a constitutional convention why rica california was named the provisional capital in the original 1941 proposal um some supporters have uh identified redding 
mm-hmm. in the most re- more recent revival have identified Reading as a potential capital, even though Reading is not included in all versions of the proposal, and its city council voted in 2013 to reject participation in the movement. Um, Interesting. Which is great. Uh, I, uh, I like, have you ever spent any time in Eureka, California? Uh, on the coast? No. Yeah. It, that I is mean, a, Yrica. Yeah, Wairica, not so good. Eureka, pretty cool town. Pichel, Pichel. It seems Pichel, to be honest. Vichel. It's Vichel, for oh, sure. Vichel. It's Vichel. Uh, we, yeah, we were there. I was there in like, I don't know, right after I graduated from college. And we were watching uh, a UCLA game, I think a football game, at a bar. And ended up, there were like, just like by the end of the game, there were like six just old burnout eureka men sitting there drinking with us being like you guys should really stay in eureka and i was like all right sign me up i mean i had had a few beers but uh very like you know how a lot of times you go to a small town and people are like you should really get the fuck out of here uh yeah it was pretty refreshing to have these like yeah i mean i get it yeah uh refreshing to have these old men be like have you ever considered just burning out up here with us you know <laughs> we're gonna let I you trust join those in the backyard guys. yeah it rocked i definitely trust those guys and i think that's why it's not eureka that is part of this movement yes yeah, <laughs> absolutely why eureka um because let's get real about their political affiliations after the 2016 presidential elections it was noted that most of rural california counties which would belong to the state of jefferson were won in a landslide by republican nominee donald trump yeah of course um which is a bit of a bummer about that stuff. That's what always sucks is like anytime I'm like totally like down and like, oh, that seems sick. And it's just like uh, it gets ruined by the fact that. Well, I mean, this is the, the thing that is the. I would say the thing no one wants to talk about, about the Capitol riot and and mm-hmm. about um, January 6th is that if it were the right people doing it, it would have been rad as hell. Like, yep. that's the thing that frustrates me the most, is that it's just like, ah, uh, those mouth breathers did what, like, all of us fantasize about doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they did it in a way. That and now we have to be uh, mad that they did it. And then we were like, yeah. or can you imagine the dignity of that, of that building? It's like... Oh, yeah, no. If yeah, was, exactly. Like, I don't like, want to. That's the most eat, per- depraved place on earth. What are you talking about? I'm going to defend the capital. <laughs> yeah. What it means. That uh, is the Death Star. Like, you're talking about the Death Star. It's just that the worst possible person yeah. was the one that broke the windows of it, you know? Yeah. Well, so like, that's kind of the reason why, like, the state of Jefferson has always been in the back of my head because it's like conceptually, it's not too far from what, what like, I would want to do when the lights go out kind of thing. Right. right. But then it's like you always have to wonder. It's like the moment I say, like, start a commune and, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but most importantly, how do we make sure it doesn't become a sex cult? <laughs> you know? Ain't, ain't 100% no of the time, probably. it will. Yeah, 100%. 100% of the time. It, it is, I mean, I do, we've, we've mentioned this before, but I do stand by it. It's like the 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 idea of holding back people from their from having the state of jefferson or mm. um catalonia or any of this shit right. is like that's some 20th century bullshit you know what i mean it's yeah. just like let people have it you just let them mm-hmm. people if it's the will of the people that live there like let them do it honestly i yeah. i don't understand the i and this is like that is the most 
um, naive approach to nuanced subjects. I understand that, but like no, maybe we need some naivete. Like maybe the I don't. Get, take away like all the toys that they can hurt themselves with, and let them mm-hmm. learn stuff on their like. Then let them have it. They can be a <laughs> let state. Them let them it, be yeah. a country. Who the fuck cares? Honestly. Yeah, and it's like California. Oh, you oh you really want that space north of Reading? You're gonna miss Reading. Oh, is that really? Oh yeah, you're gonna really. Oh miss no, all that you don't space. have Mount Shasta anymore. Oh no. Yeah. Fuck and then off. meanwhile, like Ashland, Oregon, is stuck in the middle, being like, "No, don't let this happen. No, <laughs> no. Think of the Shakespeare Festival, please. Art, culture. <laughs> oh, all the all the cafes there are gonna like go from like that cool like granola vibes to just like dudes selling bullet gun bullet <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Oh, this God. coffee shop ain't for you. Veteran coffee is the worst shit on earth. Black There's rifle, like straight up black a video. Rifle coffee company. There was like a whole news thing about like some owner of exactly one of those being open about just like yeah, there's definitely people that this coffee isn't for. You know, I it's it. just like <laughs> yo, like let people give you their money. <laughs> you idiot! It's like what? Do you, what is your priority? Like I'm so confused. This coffee isn't for people with IBS because it makes you shit extra hard. <laughs> yeah. That would be so much more fair than just like <laughs> I'm just, just a good American dude who just like wants to give you my money. Yeah. <laughs> I won't hang out if you don't want me to, but so hilarious. Oh man. Um yeah. dude, I don't even have a lot more like about it. it. No, this is mostly just like the the um initial step into talking about alternative uh you know, community building. Yeah, absolutely. In what seems to be such a like uh, set in place political boundary system. I think that the the there should be a new country that is Alaska to Baja California, everything in between. So the entire Pacific coast of North America, wow. one country. That country Yo, would rock. That would be the coolest country they, ever. They would own because then they would have so much leverage over the rest of the U.S. for like trades with Asia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and then they would actually be able to handle it correctly because there's Asian people that <laughs> right yeah 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 you you got Alaska Yukon British Columbia Washington Oregon California and the two Baja Californias Verge I think but that's Nicholas, a, a good place to end the episode right oh no we have more yeah. do you want to talk about more alternative communities well the only the the main thing I wanted to ask is if you were in a position let's say the lights go out okay let's yeah. say you, you you get out of the city. You can kind of go anywhere and start your own thing. Where and what would it look like? Yeah, I would go. Too long. I would go to Montana. Um, Love it. I would go to Western Montana. Yeah. Uh, probably near Yellowstone, like the the southern corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, Is that like whitefish around there. Whitefish is a little bit further north. Whitefish is near Glacier. Um, mm-hmm. Yellowstone is near Jackson, Wyoming. Um, right. Wyoming is like, that would be a, that's a good call. I mean, Wyoming. Just that area. Yeah. yeah, It's interesting because it's such a shithole except for like one corner of it is cool. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that, I think, I mean, that, that area has been on my mind for a while. I think you could get like, like a, like a fishing cabin compound and you start to, you know, really just like, and you, you travel only on the river, you know? A lot of Love river that. traveling, yeah. In some Where, makeshift, like, 
old car raft things that you fucking exactly Mad Max style. The alternative, the other thing I would do, um, is I would just go absolutely fall off the face of the earth in Mexico. That that's oh, that kinda, wouldn't be the worst thing. That would be like if if like everything goes to shit and I just am like like gone, just like there's no other thing for mm. me to do, like completely disconnected from everything in my life. I'm going to Mexico. Like, would you um, st- would you go to Chiapas or would you go as far as Quintana Roo and Quintana Roo and just like I think I would start by going like mountain mountain Mexico like central okay. Mexico mountains I'm trying to think what's that one really cool town um, there's low key like a lot of small size Mexico yeah Mexico towns Nueva York Nueva York ah uh, <laughs> there is a Nueva York in uh, Chihuahua is there yeah. I think it's Chihuahua. It might be Sonora. But so yeah, I think I'd do that in Mexican. I can see that. Uh, I would. I mean, personally, I'd prefer you were in Montana because I'm gonna be. (laughs) Yeah, where are you gonna be? You're gonna be in Oregon Olympic National Park. No, everyone knows Olympic National Forest on the, on the. You know those people who were teenage girls when we were teenage boys were probably familiar. It's where forks. Yeah, yeah. Forks and Twilight was so happening. You're gonna go be a vampire? No, witches! We're gonna be <laughs> witches! How many fucking times do I have to tell you? We're gonna be witches. It's gonna be like a coven situation. We're gonna do witch shit. Witch shit. There's like commune. It's gonna be like a commune thing, but none of that, like, no too much. Like, white people still can't have dreads in my commune. <laughs> That's not that, like, sorry. No, I think it, well, it, this is the thing is that communes, no hippie shit. No hippie no culture. Hippie shit. No, no hippie no, no, shit no, no, at no. all. No dress codes, but you gotta you gotta dress like a normie, you know? Like you can't Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like like we don't want everybody to wear like the same button down shirt because that is a cult. But yeah, I don't want that shit. But they all neutral colors only. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it sounds like a cult again. This is it hard. Does, you're man. Making, this see, is see, hard. that's what I'm saying. Is for some reason, just like how evolution always leads to crab somehow. Commune yeah. ideas always lead to sex cult somehow. I like that. In a weird, like, gross way. There is so much weird shit happening in the world right this minute, which mm-hmm. is something I'm constantly uh, astonished and in awe of that, like, like this country, this country, let's just start there, like, is so big, and there's so many little nooks and corners and crannies of people doing stuff that you would not believe. Yeah. Yo, you know what I feel very lucky about, though, about being born when we were, is, like, we get to, like, try psychedelics after the big, like, negative effects of that have happened in history. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how I feel about so many things we do, where it's, like, we have the safety of, like, having some kind of baseline understanding of what could go wrong. This is why, this is why give them the state of Jefferson. We, I am <laughs> convinced that we've, we've passed... Like the the era of like 20th century geopolitics that leads, yeah. or, or I, maybe maybe that is that's certainly naive. I am convinced that that is the direction we are going is getting past mm. that. So and mm-hmm. that's why every time it happens, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's also why yeah. like give them a I don't know, let them have a commune where they create their own laws in northern Nevada. I don't care. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know. It would be fun to see. The state of Jefferson being like not too technologically advanced, right next to like 
the tech bros, which is like yeah. the current manifestation of the newest form of power. I think know? that you would see their politics shift pretty quickly too if they're their own state. Mm-hmm. Like this is the yeah. the conversation on solidarity that we've talked. About. Like, you, just because a place an area like voted for Trump doesn't mean it wouldn't mm-hmm. be the most rife for like super progressive like new age politics. It's just like mm-hmm. people haven't been mobilized. I'm convinced that if there's ever going to be like a true socialist like kind of takeover or or change in this country, it's going to start in Kentucky or West Virginia. That's that. Oh is, yeah. If that if that is that. where it happens, it will happen in this country. I love that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe there's some guerrilla shit under the in the cave systems. No doubt. Oh, that's a script. We're writing that script. That's a script. It's right. um, the cave systems, and then and then we're well. Sorry, sorry. I have to say this out loud so I don't forget. Um, it's like the underground cave system people, and then there's of course the establishment antagonists. Yep. But then there's the the mole the the real cave people underneath. It's, oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that descent like that. style, like yeah. hills of eyes style. But they're the true owners. They're the nat the force of nature that we can't control. I, okay. I like I like the idea of taking like like a fun little alt concept and then just making mm-hmm. a horror movie out of it, like going yeah. one step for, further and being like, "Oh shit!" That's what I want it to be like a cool young like maybe Red Dawn vibes, but like you know for the twenty first century, like Zendaya is gonna be in it and shit. <laughs> um, and then just like thirty minutes in, some some dude just goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. from just behind, eyes, yeah. eyes in the darkness, <laughs> yes. yeah. Sick. Hell yeah. All right, folks. Um, this was a fun app. Uh, yeah. I, nice little geeking sesh for your, your lo-fi listening. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to get a hold of us, you can always find us on uh, Instagram or Twitter. We also uh, have a Gmail account. Send us an email, uh, hegelianfriendshipsimulator at gmail.com. Yeah. And otherwise, just, you know, yeah. keep, keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy, Emmy. We're very happy to have you. We're very glad. What's the word? Like grateful. Just generally stoked you're here. So yeah. Look forward to a lot more of that. Great, great matchup by the NSA. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Adios. Adios.